morning, everyone. It is great to see you this morning. Hopefully you guys are uh, just really uh, in tune to worshiping God. What a powerful song, powerful lyrics. Um, and, and as we sing those types of lyrics, I, I, you know, it just, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that we truly resonate with those because they have such a powerful meaning, you know, understanding that the, the God is such a, such a loving Father to us. And, and it's just who He is, and, and we receive we receive that without any, we don't deserve it whatsoever. But And it really goes with uh, the series that we're in right now, called, uh, kicking off, we kicked off last week called Finding Your Way Back to God. And um, again, I really want to stress this, guys, that I, you, may be, you may be up here at the pinnacle celebrating. You, you know, you, when we say finding your way back to God, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I can want to connect with that. Please do not disconnect because... There's a message here for every single one of us, whether we're up here or whether we're down here. I shouldn't say down here, but you, whether we're here or here, uh, someone that may not know, some of you may be sitting in here right now and you don't know God. You don't, I mean, truth be known, you don't know God. He's, you're not part of the family. You haven't surrendered your life to Him yet. You haven't said, Jesus, here is my, you know, I, I recognize you're pursuing me with this incredible love relationship and, and here I am. And, and you just... You know, you, you put yourself there in His hands and you're saying, I'm committing myself to you. It's no longer about me, but it's about you. And so uh, then there's some that's, that's in the middle here and there's some that's celebrating. But the point of it, the matter is this. We're human and, a lot, and there's always room for growth. There's always room uh, to go deeper with God. And that's the beauty of it. Isaiah talks about, Isaiah talks about uh, or God talks, talks to us, speaks to us through the prophet Isaiah and he says, my ways are so much grander than yours. My thoughts are higher than the heavens. And I remember reading in Mark Batterson's book, I believe it was The Circle Maker, where he talks about, he talks about that. And, he, and, he, and we've, shared, we've talked about it here before too, where we talked about the, the literal scientific facts that we have, the empirical evidence that we have, the facts of how far, uh, it, it, how many light years it is from, uh, from earth to the utmost depths of space that we can reach, and it's a, it's the, it's staggering the number that they have, the where they say this is this is how many light years uh, this is away from us. I mean, it's just staggering. But what's more profound is that God's saying, "I'm so much vast beyond that." You know, I'm I've created all that, and it just. It just, I mean, for me, it's that truth. It's, it's God coming and saying, I'm, I'm so much bigger than anything you've ever experienced. And so for me, guys, we may be in here, you know, some of us may be in here celebrating and we're, we're and I want you to please continue celebrating. That's not, my, that's not my point. My point is this, that there's always deeper, 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 deeper depths of God that we haven't, we, that you haven't touched yet. And God's saying, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Regardless of where you're at, let's go. I want to show you new things. I want to reveal to you new things. I want to share with you how much I love you. And I want to I just want to blow your mind. I just want to I want to show you how big I am. And so please, wherever you're at, this series is for us. And today I think it's going to kind of set us uh, kind of put that in perspective for us, and you're going to kind of see where I'm coming from. Some of you, are, again, are sitting in here this morning, and maybe you don't know God whatsoever. You're, you, you are still in this for yourself. You haven't committed your life to Christ. Some of you have. Some of you uh, can recall back to that time where you didn't know God, but then you, then you, uh, He found you. You found Him. However you want to word that, and and there was this moment there that was just absolutely. Um, 
weightlifting. It was just so overwhelming. It, it, I mean, the feelings that you had that swept across might have been um, just very much, very much, um, just extremely impactful in your life. But right now, maybe you're not there. Maybe you've kind of drifted a little bit. And, and, and so there's always room, again, to, to turn and to, uh, again, find our way back to that spot. You know, and, and, and to put ourselves back into, the, into that spot where we're, we're just absolutely in love uh, with Jesus in a very, very intimate, profound way. So, so please just lean in with me as we, as we talk about these things. Some of you sitting in here this morning, here's, here's the caveat to some of this. Some of you have grown up in a Christian home and you say, I haven't really drifted that far away from God. I don't really, I've never experienced a wavered life. I've never experienced going off and just lived like crazy where I, where I, and whatever you want to fill in that blank where binge drinking was running around with a lot of men and women or I got involved in this and that and then drugs and all that. I just, I never did that. I never did any of that. I was raised in the church. I was part of the youth group. I was the president of the youth group. I was, uh, you know, when back in the day when the youth had their Sundays, I spoke. Okay, and 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 so all these things. And through college, I developed this, this, and this for the, you know, in my college for the Christians and da 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 da. And you may say, you know what? I've never felt that part, and and that's okay. Your story may not be that dramatic, but the point is this: when we compare ourselves to the righteousness of God, we are all in the same boat. Okay, and so my, the point I'm trying to make here is, regardless of your story is extremely dramatic or not, you found your way back to God. Okay. And, and, and others, their story, your story may be sitting here this morning and you may be like, praise God that He pursued me because if I would have continued on my path, I probably wouldn't be here today and I would be dead, physically dead or, or in jail or whatever. Some of you have that story. But regardless, we are all in this together and we're, try, we're growing in our relationship with Christ. Please keep that in mind because this series is for every single one of us. And today, you know, you're going to uh, you're going to we'll get more put that more in perspective. What I'd like for you to do, though, is um, get prepare yourselves and turn to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to be looking at the story of the prodigal son. If you didn't grab your Bible, please grab the one on the back of the pew in front of you. I want you to follow along with me. I want you to each week we're going to take a look at this same text. Okay. We're going to use this throughout this series, uh, and it's a very powerful story. In fact, if you've studied this story and studied some commentaries, a lot of commentators and theologians will say that this is the greatest story ever told, literally. This is the greatest parable, the greatest story that, that not only that Jesus told, but literally the greatest story ever. And when you look at it, what you do, you see a lot of different things. Like last week, we talked about... Uh, this parable following, remember, the lost sheep and the lost coin? You remember? And so the big gist of this story is Jesus is saying, He's answering a question, or He's answering some accusations uh, at what the religious institution was saying to Him at that time. Remember what He was doing? He was eating with the outcasts. He was dining with the sinners. He was with the people, the, the harlots, the, which is a good word for that, right? Harlots. And all these other, all these other people that did not deserve, did not deserve God. They weren't religious. They didn't care about religion. They had all these things within their lives. And so they didn't deserve that. And the church at the time, the religious institutions, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they were saying this. How dare you? How could you? And because of that, you're not part of God. There's no way that you're part of God. That absolutely that absolutely it eliminates you from being 
a part of God. And Jesus was using this passage, these parables to say this, au contraire. Okay? And the prodigal son is the story in which Jesus is saying, this or and what I'm doing is the incarnate of God's love. So Jesus was saying, I am absolutely the antithesis of what you say God's love is. I am literally the Father's love. I'm embodying it. I'm embracing it. This is what the Father's love looks like. He's the one that's pursuing the outcast. He's eating with the sinners. He's chasing them. He's, he's going after them. He's going to where they are at. And so he gives these parables. And he's saying, this is what it looks like. The Father is pursuing and loving. And when the Father finds that person, that person turns and they begin to find their way back to God and realize that the Father's there wanting to embrace them and extend all this mercy and love and all these spiritual blessings. What happens in heaven? That's your question. What happens in heaven? And Yes. Man, I hope we can celebrate more than that, right? What happens in heaven? Oh, we got a celebration going on. Yay, Father. You know. There is, hey, regardless, if you say, well, I, that's not my temperament. Okay, whatever. But I guarantee you, when we're in heaven, heaven, well, it will be after that. But right now, if we were, it erupts, right? When someone comes back to the Father, when the Father is pursuing someone, the heavens, that's what the Scriptures tell us. It erupts into a party. That's how much God adores and loves His creation. And He's in this process of reconciliation and restoration now. And so that's what is happening in this whole passage where He's addressing this and He's trying to show us the the nature of the Father. Now, as we look at this, so that's the big message of the prodigal son. Okay, That's the big message of that parable. However, as we take a look at this parable, we can still extract some other things that we see within that that really can apply to us where we can say, you know what, I can identify with that. I can identify with what that guy was thinking or what he did. Even though it was wrong, I can identify to some degree on how he got to that point or whatever. And so that's what we want to look at for these next five weeks, these, counting today. These next, we're going to talk about these awakenings. And today we're going to talk about this awakening to longing, okay? So within this parable, we see God's love, the way God reacts towards someone who turns back to Him. But we also see there's this sense of awakening, or this this awakening to a longing. And it's really what it is. It's this sense of, and every single one of us has this. So I don't care if you're the super saint in here this morning, you know, you've already got your stickers and your rings and all that. This, you can identify with some of this, okay? Every single person can identify with this, okay? And, and, and so a couple things uh, that we, we kind of look at is when we start looking at this longing aspect, we see it in our culture, we see it in our art, we see it in our, um, our music, the sense of longing, um, like country music's the sense of longing, right? Those of you that like country music. Um, anyhow, there's this sense of longing that's in there. There's this, there's, we see it, we see it splash throughout because it affects human, it affects all mankind, humankind, mankind, okay? It affects everybody, this sense of longing. There's this sense of longing for love. Every person sitting in here could probably say, I have that sense of wanting to be loved. 
I think that's how we were created. I believe that's part of being created in the image of God, that we want to be loved and that we want to love. This relational aspect, it's created and birthed in us. Uh, for instance, and, and, and you'll see this within our songs, uh, for instance, and, and other things, this, you know, again, this, this, this longing for love. There's a guy, but to, to illustrate this, there's a guy by the name of Glenn Wolf, okay? And Glenn holds the record for the most number of marriages, okay? Literally, he holds the number for the most marriages in the United States, and right now it's at 29. He's had 29 marriages, okay? His longest marriage lasted seven years and his shortest marriage was 19 days. Right? And here's the interesting twist. He is a Baptist minister. So we just slammed country music and Baptists all in the same <laughs> service. Whatever. Seriously. If you're taking that personal, it's like, seriously, come on. Okay? Anyhow, he's longing for love. He's looking for love, right? And don't break into the song, please. Please, don't. He's, lo he's looking for love, and we're moving quickly, but he's looking for love, and it's just like you and I. What keeps us in it? Some of you can look past, like in the past in your life, or even today, and you can look at it and you can say, I've been hurt. I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt in relationships. I've hurt other people in relationships. I've experienced it, but yet I keep going back to it. I want to be loved. I long to be loved. There's this longing that, 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 that drives us to want to be loved. The second thing is that there's another one, longing for purpose. So we have longing for love. We have longing for purpose. Every single one of us in here longs for purpose within our lives. Think back to when you were a kid. What did you want to do? When you start saying, I want to be this. I want to be an astronaut, a fireman, a policeman, or whatever. What, I mean, you start thinking about those things. And even today, as you get older, even today, we think about it saying, I want to have purpose. I don't think there's someone sitting in here that says, I don't care if my life has purpose whatsoever. I just want to, get, I just want to work, and then I want to retire, and then I want to die. Which, I guess that's your purpose, right? I guess you found your meaning or pur whatever, your purpose. But, but, I mean, every single one of us, I think, has this longing, not only for love, but also for purpose. Another one is this, longing for meaning. Longing for meaning. And what I mean by that is, we, again, it, it, it's the sense of we live in our world. Now, there's no way someone can tell me they don't identify with this. We live in our world. We live in this world. And we watch and we see the things that's going on in our world. And not just across, you know, just all over the world, not just across seas, but within the United States too. And there's times where we step back and we ask this question. What is going on? How can this happen? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever stopped after, after just hearing the news or whatever and you're like, how, how can this happen? What is, what, why? Why? Why in the world does this take place? Why does this happen? Why does this happen within the United States? Why does this happen within our state or our city or our town? Whatever. It doesn't matter. There are those moments where you step back and you say, what? Well, I don't understand the meaning. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian, one of the biggest things for skeptics is this. How can there be a loving God if what takes place? Fill in the blank. Suffering is usually the biggest one. 
How could there be such suffering take place? How could there be a holocaust and there be a loving God that just steps back and looks down on it and says, there you go. How? Why? You name it. The atrocities that's happened in humanity. And you step back. And, and it's like, it's like what is the meaning behind this? How could there be a loving God? That Non-Christians say that. We Christians also say it too, don't we? At times. Why? Why is this taking place within my life? Why is this taking place? Why, why did this have to happen? I don't understand. And we look for this sense of... We have this longing for meaning. Don't tell me you don't long for meaning. You want, it's like... In fact, I would say that our brains... Our, you know, all of this comes from our, from our create, you know, I think being created in the, created in the image of God. But when you even take a look at our brains and how our brains work, our brains are literally problem-solving machines. They never turn. I mean, when you think about it, if you can't remember something, what do you think about like nonstop? That. Luckily, God's given us Google that we can Google things, and our brains rest right. But, my, but, but we have this sense of long, so we, we long for love, we long for purpose, we long for meaning. And so, so the, the issue, under, this is what I want you to understand though. The issue isn't that we have these longings or desires. That's not the issue. The problem is, or the issue is, how do we fulfill those desires? How do we fulfill those, that, those longings that we have within our lives? This one guy... Uh, has this longing for love, and he's seeking relationships, right, through marriage. Let me ask you a question. What's the meaning, okay? How does someone get to 29? Do you, you think about that? How do you not get to 7 and you say, this isn't working out? Maybe marriage isn't the thing, right? No, we'll just keep going, right? I mean, what number is it going to click and be like, ah, finally, you know. I'm on 72 and it finally clicked, all right? You know? I mean, seriously. What, so, so the issue, the issue is not the longing. The issue isn't like, well, I need to squelch this desire. I need to squelch this longing because I believe that that's part of the way we were created because I believe that is part of the way God draws us to Him. The issue is that some of us have these longings and these desires within us, and we search all over to fulfill that, but we do it with things that's never going to quench it. It's never going to satisfy those longings. I don't care if you've been a Christian forever. I could—I mean, there's some of us that we could sit down and we could have a discussion and say, "Man, you—you know—you've been a Christian. You've been a Christian for a long time, but, but man, you've got—you're—you're you're still struggling with some there's, there's some things over here that." That doesn't, and they may not be horrible, bad things where you're like sinning really bad or anything like that, but it's just you have this longing and you're trying to quench it. You're trying to fulfill it through something um, that, that's, that's never, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And so the issue is not the longing or the desires. The issue is how do we, how do we, how do we fill those desires? Let's take a look in our passage of Scripture today because... This is exactly what the youngest son is doing. He has a longing, and as we look at this parable, we see how we see his attempt to fulfill that longing inside of him. So in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, 
Um, Jesus says there was a man who had there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, "Father, give me my share of the estate." So the father divided up his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to uh, his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, real quick, I want to look at the context of this passage of Scripture to make it come to life a little bit more, okay? In this particular passage of Scripture, and this is, the, again, it's, if we're not careful, we can read this through the Western mindset that we have as Americans, okay? It, which is, I mean, that's part of our culture, right? So, so naturally, if we're not careful, we can read into this our culture, and we could look at this and we could say, yeah, the young son was kind of narcissistic somewhat, but, I mean, truthfully known, I mean, this isn't really that vastly different than what we experience today, right? Uh, you know, some... Some person is, is they want they want what they want. They come to you as a, as a child or whatever. They want it so that they can they can because this is going to make them happy. For some of us parents, we give it to them so that they will go away, right? Because they're bugging us. In this situation, if we would truly break this down in the context of this Middle Eastern culture, a son asking for his inheritance early was one of the worst insults a father could ever receive. One of the worst insults a father would ever receive. Here's why. Because in those days, it was expected that the father, um, when he died, he would give his inheritance. But what was expected was, as the father would get a little bit older, that their fam- his family, his sons, whatever, would take care of him through this time until he passes on, and then his inheritance and all of that would, go, would be divided up among, among the family. A very communal, communal style of living, which can be foreign to us, to us as Americans. I mean, it's just, it just what. So, in this particular context, this was a huge, huge insult to the father for his son to say this. Essentially, yeah, you getting old is really kind of, you know, it's going against what I want. Okay, so let's expedite things a little bit. So let's, let's bypass this getting old stuff because it's really cramping my style. Why don't you forward me my inheritance, and then we'll just call it even. Let me let me move on. I mean, that's basically what it was, and it was it was truly an ins- it was a huge offense. Now, before we cast a few stones at this young son, could you identify with some of his thinkings? I mean, truth be known, aren't there times where maybe we have said, "I want what I want." I want what I want, even if I don't deserve it. I want what I want, regardless if I should have it or not, regardless if it fits into the big picture, regardless of what it is, I want what I want. And I'm going to communicate that, and, and that's what I want. I mean, can you identify? I can certainly identify with that. I know you can identify with that because you're human. And some of us. Some of us may not even know that we do that. Because we never had that moment where we've kind of come to ourselves saying, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I need to dial it back a little bit here. 
And so, and so the issue is, the issue I want to point out here is this, and I want to, I want to be very careful, and you got to be, I want you to lean in, don't walk away, you're just saying something I didn't say. The issue is that the desire, your desire, the, the desire for something is wrong. It, it doesn't mean that the desire is something wrong. The issue is when we long for love or purpose or meaning or whatever it is, these things, the issue is, what do we do to fulfill, to fulfill those? That's the issue. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not saying that you're... Okay, let me make sure that we're all on the same page. I'm talking about the desire. Period. I'm not talking about identifying the desire. Does that make sense? I'm talking about this driving desire. I'm not, talk, does that make, I'm not saying put a name on the desire... I'm talking about desire because desire because because I'm saying there's this desire this longing inside of us and what we do is we will attach things to that longing or desire. Is everybody with me? Does that make sense? Please nod yes or no. I want to be very clear because if I'm if I'm not it's not going to make sense. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you have a desire to want the things that you want is correct. I'm saying the desire period, is a natural thing. Now what you attach to that, whether it be love, meaning, purpose, prosperity, you know what I'm saying? Those types of things, that's where the problem can ha- That's where the problem starts to go south because then where do we take that? How do we fulfill that? So the desire itself, the longing itself, may, is really not the issue. The issue is how do we fulfill that longing and that desire? Look at the sun. Look at the sun here. It says in verse 13, it says, He set off for a distant country. We don't know what country that is. We don't know what you know geographical location. We don't have any of the details, none of that. It just says, it simply tells us that He set off for a distant country. Later on in that verse, it says, the next part of that verse, it says that He squandered His wealth in wild living. Okay? He squandered his wealth in wild living. I don't, you know, you, you um, like in today, I don't know how you would define that in your mind. I don't know if you would say, well, he took all these resources and he, he flew to Vegas and he put it all on the table because he wanted to double it and he was into all the wild women and, you know, and, and drinking and drugs and he bought some cars and some boats, whatever it is, you know, he, he, Whatever it is that you, how you would define it, he squandered it. You know, he went to Vegas or he went to wherever. He went to Palmyra because Palmyra is a is a wild town at night, and we can blame Jim for that, Isley for that, because he is the president or whatever of Palmyra. If he's not the president, he thinks he's the president. Right? I'm just kidding. I've offended Baptists, I've offended country music lovers, and now everyone that's from Palmyra, I've offended. So, trifecta. Yeah, here we go. Trifecta over there. Okay, here we go. So, however you define that, he, he went, he took it, he blew it, and then, and then he got to this place where he exhausted all, everything that he had. He exhausted all of his resources. He exhausted the whole inheritance. And then if that wasn't bad enough, then this famine sweeps across the land. And in verses 15 through 16 it says that he went and he hired himself 
out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs, which was a huge taboo to the the Jewish culture. Um, He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So here's the issue. He took his money, however you define that, however you want to define that, he sets off for a country, he took and squander it, and he may have been looking for love, but he wasn't satisfied with women. He may have looked for purpose, but he couldn't find it in partying. He looked for all the why questions, you know, well, how did this turn, you know, and again, things that we can kind of identify for, like in this particular guy's situation, and it says that he came to himself. So at some point, he's probably there and he's like, how? did I get to this point? How did this happen? And he's, so now he's looking for meaning. How did, this, how did this happen? What took place? And some of us in here this morning can, can very clearly identify with that. Where, where we, if we look back over our stories, we look at it and there was a moment where we had that same realization, that same epiphany, whatever you want to call it, where, you're, where you kind of stop dead in your tracks and you're like, how did this take place? How did this happen? How am I here? How did I get to this point? Okay? Some of you may have been part, you know, like I said, raised up in, the, in a Christian home. This, this was what happened to me. I was raised in a very, very much a Christian home. Um, this, I mean, this type of stuff would just be absolutely the antithesis of what I was taught and influenced by and, and, and not just taught, but literally modeled to live out. And, and there was a point in my life, and I've shared this with you before, but there was a point in my life where I just got, I, I, that's where I ended up. I was like, how, how did I get to this point? How did I get so derailed? How did, this is not the way I was taught. This is the further, this is the antithesis of the way I was raised. And now I'm standing here, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't understand how I allowed myself to get to this point. And that's what this guy had. How did I get to this point? And so, as we look at this, this is what I want us to really, again, take a critical look at because these longings, this, this propensity to, to satisfy these longings and these desires that we have can lead, literally lead us off point if we're not rooted in... Um, it can draw us away from God if we're not rooted in the, the arms of God. So, within this series, within this series, just to kind of, I, I want to I touch back on this again to say this... Um, we're all on this journey. Every single one of us in here this morning is on this journey. Some of you, what I'm talking about, you're sitting there and you're like, you can relate. You're like, bam, bam, bam. I can relate with it. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you're like, that's where I'm at. That is exactly where I'm at. Some of you in here this morning say, man, I, you know, I can see some of that. You know, I, I, I really can. And so I pray that you will just really lean into it because... There's, you recognize maybe that you've gotten off point. Some of you may, have, may, some of you may be sitting here this morning, and you've gotten off point to where you realize that you, 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 you've wondered, man. You've wondered. And if you would be very transparent, open with God, and very humble and contrite, and literally open yourself and, and vulnerable, I really believe that the reason why we don't do this with the Holy Spirit is because there's this sense of reservation of if He shows up, what's What's going to happen next? And, and for some of us, we, we look at our lives and we say, I, 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 I've wandered off. I, I can identify that back here I took this little step and I've just the trajectory of that step took me, it took me off point. And now I'm standing here and I'm off point. Some of us 
some of us, you know, we're, we're going to have, I think through this series, if we would open ourselves up with God, God's going to come to us and He's going to share that with us. He's going to say, look, you're, you're off point. You're, you're not, you're not, I mean, I, I get that your heart is there. I get that your heart is mine. You know, you haven't lost this relationship with me. But truth be known, you're, you're off point a little bit. You're not, you're not, you're not a happy person. You're not joyful. You're, you're not, you're just not, you're not a, some of the fruit that that my spirit produces within 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 you know my children's lives, We're, you're off a little bit. Some of you may be off completely. I mean, you, you just haven't found your what, like we said, you haven't found your God, um, and, and and you're and I pray that through this series you're going to turn, and instead of finding condemnation like that maybe in your head where it's like I'm gonna I'll find condemnation, I'll find judgment, I'll find all these things. Instead, you're going to find an absolute loving God that's going to embrace you. That Again, that doesn't mean that He condones everything that you've done, but it means that He, he is there to embrace He's pursuing you. And, and every single one of us, He's pursuing us to say, I have so much more that I want you to experience. And so my prayer is that through this series, that every single person in here, regardless of where we're at, that every single person might open their hearts up to God to say, you know what, I think I can go deeper. And I want to, I, I, I want to go deeper. And, so, and we put ourselves in that vulnerable position. I want to tell you something. As I've been going through this, this, these series and kind of taking a look at it, the one thing, that there's a couple things that hit me, but the biggest one is this. I've realized that I've lost some hunger and thirst and passion for God. And that bothers me. That's very humbling to say. But what's even more, I mean, I, I, you know, I could sit and say, well, that's embarrassing for me to share that with you, but you know what's even more critical to me? I mean, I love you guys to death, but you're kind of second rate compared to God. I struggle because I, I, I don't have this deep, I don't ha there's something that's not clicking where, where, my where my hunger and desire for God is, is kind of off a little bit. That doesn't mean I hate God. That doesn't mean I'm... Whatever. I'm just saying that through this series, I want to find God even deeper. I want to find God deeper. I want to go deeper with Him. I pray that you will too. Don't dismiss this. Don't say, oh, this is just another pop series that we're doing. Really? That's the last thing that it is. It's the most basic things, I think, at times that we miss. You know what I mean? It's like, we're, it's like we're ready to chew off and bite off stuff that we're not ready for. And, it, it, and I think for some of us, we need, to, we need to really grab a hold and say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I need to, I need to find more of God. And, and we're going to turn and we're going to find God through this and we're going to, we're, our, our, our spiritual lives are just going to, they're going to shoot, they're going to rock it up. Okay? They're just going to rock it. Okay? So, with that being said, um, I'm going to throw out something that's very simple. Some of you may know this. Um, in, in evangelism, you've heard this before, kind of like in evangelism, if you're talking to people about God, sometimes uh, people will say that, we'll use, this, we'll use this reasoning. We'll say, well, you know, when they're talking about whether God exists or He doesn't, you know, you, you say this, well, if I live my life like He does, and then I find out that He doesn't, I don't have anything to lose, right? But what about you if you live your life as he does it and then you find out that he really is, then what are you going to do? 
And so Pascal is the one that really kind of brought up this reasoning. And, and, and um, it, this has been introduced again into this series. It talks about Pascal's wager. And I'm gonna, I want to put this out to you guys for the next 30 days. And, and essentially what it is this. It's a prayer that says, God, if you're, if you're real, make yourself real to me. Now, I want us, you know, for some of us, we're kind of right there. You know, we, we, you know, but for others, you may say, I know that God's real. Okay, well then I want to add a little bit more for you. I want you to say this. I want you to say, awaken in me the ability to see that you are maybe what's missing somewhat in my life. Maybe I'm not desiring you more. Maybe I'm not desiring you enough in my life. Maybe I'm not passionately pursuing you enough in my life. Is that true? You know, where we engage with God. My point is this. If you're a person that's sitting in here this morning and you're really serious about this, you're going to take this and you can mold it to however you want it, want it to, 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 to like come to reality within your life. If you're not into it, you're not going to do it anyhow. You'll be critical of it and just not do it. I get that. I understand. But I'm asking, would everyone consider this? Would you consider for the next 30 days with me with, to, to, to take this and to pray this every single day. Whatever prayer that may be. Whatever prayer you use. It would be, God, you know, maybe, you know, God, if you're not real, help me. I want you to make yourself real to me. Maybe it's, God, I, I, I want to desire you more. God, I, I, I'm not the, you know, when, when I first had that moment with you, when you found me and I found you, there was this incredible moment there that, 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 that I recognize that's not there anymore. And I, I, want, I want to... I know I can't be on the mountaintop all the time, but, but there's something that may be lacking here, and I want to experience that. So I'm asking you, would you please commit to this? There is a book that we've been going through called uh, Finding Your Way Back to God, and, and, and again, it's just I think it's a powerful read. If you would like to uh, obtain a copy of that, let us know. We could order that for you. In the back of this book, though, that's, this is the challenge that they present, and I really resonate with it, to the fact that if you email them, you, and I love resources and, and things like that. If you email them, uh, there's a tool that they will se- they will send you every single day an email that kind of clicks along with you as for the next 30 days as you engage in this prayer. So I'm asking you, would you guys consider that for the next 30 days as we go through these next uh, so many weeks? Would you consider make, having that prayer, regardless if you find yourself up here at the at the mountaintop right now, or you're down, or wherever you're at? Would you be someone that says, you know what, I'm, I want to I wanna pray that prayer and I want to see where God takes us. Because I truly believe, guys, I truly believe that if we all just, man, if we all could, could I believe the face of element would change as we become absolutely passionate with God. I believe the face of our church would absolutely change. Some of the issues that we struggle with, like volunteers and stuff, you know, like things like that, you know, I, I think those things would would vastly change. The like, dynamics, and it's stuff that every church deals, you know what I mean? It's just things that every organization or church deals with. The only problem is, we've got a God that can manage those things much better than any of us can. And so I'm asking that you would just participate in this with me. And so as the worship team comes back, I want to close, and we're going to close with a couple more songs. Again, I ask that you would just pray that, that you would just use that. I pray that, um, again, you would just humble yourself, open yourself up, just 
take these next 30 days in this series to say, hey, you know, let's 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 really let's really see, you know, just see how deep God can take each, you know, us individually. So I pray that you would just open yourself up and and be that that sensitive to God's spirit. I'm please stand with me and let me just close with a word of prayer as we uh, begin to uh, close our time out with a couple more songs. And please just respond the way God would have you to respond. Um, as we as we close with these with this, uh, these next two songs, Father, I thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your message. I think a lot of times it's easy to look for bigger nuggets and bigger this, that, and the other, and yet we kind of miss out on the very elementary basics of just living in an open, trite, honorable position. I pray that we that as you look at element, you would find your children opening them opening their hearts up right now to your spirit, asking how they might satisfy longings and desires and everything, satisfy them more in you and your presence. And so I pray that you this through your spirit would just meet us where we're at. I thank you so much for the work of your spirit and I pray that uh, he would just find a, an openness and a receptivity right now within our within our spiritual lives I thank you so much for who you are I thank you that you never leave us I thank you that you never get discouraged with us per se and, and walk away and, and just abandon us but Father you're always there to chase after us to just literally embrace us as we turn around, not with condemnation or judgment, but this sense of love, just this overwhelming, overwhelming sense of acceptance. So I pray this morning that we would find that, people would find that, they would experience that, they would encounter that right now as we as we pray and as we sing these last couple songs. And I just pray all this. Because